Well, let me tell you a little something about me. When it's Saturday night, I need to blow off some steam. One, two, three, four! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, this is Equipment Talk from IRA. And uh, we have a special guest here again today, and, and it's Russell. Russell, Hello. thank you for coming out today. Hello. And um, they can hear you fine. Can't okay. They? okay. I was just good. making sure listening right. to it come we, back we, at me. We don't want to yell at him yet, okay? okay. Just take it easy. <laughs> okay. But again, uh, we want to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of, about the alternative fuels for equipment, that kind of a thing. And uh, Russell, from uh, your uh, perspective, you've been working, you've worked at like an ethanol. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I actually, um, early in my life, I guess, uh, probably 25 years ago. Uh, it's what got me through college, I guess. You don't even I, look that much older than 25. Yeah, thank you. You're thank getting you. past there, huh? Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. Well. Uh, um, <laughs> the time has been good to my skin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so I started there. I worked, uh, yeah, I think a seven years I spent working there. Um, got the job there 21 22 now were they building the build uh, the place before you started or did they already have it built and you started i was actually one of the first employees they hired um they hired me as a loader um so the output or the byproduct like the grain the wet distillers grain stuff like that that's a byproduct of ethanol i would load onto trucks and um okay so that was a product that when they were done using it yep. you were actually pulling it out of there yeah how'd they, how'd they move that stuff around or how'd that work uh we used uh bobcats and then um payloaders um bucket trucks or what it, yeah <laughs> yeah skid the, loader yep yep a, a lot of loaders yep yep did you um, use any track boom trucks yeah we had to do uh one with the boom on it uh, to get around in because some of it is wet feed as well. Um, the process of ethanol is to take corn, you know, and then ferment it and turn it into alcohol. Well, the byproduct is still the shell and everything left other than the liquid from the process. So they would sell different kind of grains because cattle love it and it's good for them and it makes our... So the byproduct they would take and sell to farmers? Yep. So, so they... They, they buy their product to produce feed for livestock and then uh, another byproduct of it was um a syrup and oh, they wow. so if you had old food that livestock wouldn't so eat, was it like aunt Jemima syrup or no it's more like a mm, it was really stinky but it was more like a molasses thing so okay. what'd they do with that well they would spray it over feed that livestock wouldn't eat and the livestock loved this syrup so there it, let's say there's a pile of hay that livestock hasn't touched in months oh, so and months to farmers again yeah they'd <laughs> sell it back to the farmer and they'd spray it over stuff that the cows didn't want and then once they put that syrup on it man it was like it was like adding chocolate or some yeah, sugar to I it it, well, it, it became their 
their tobacco, so I guess. So how big of a plant was this? I mean, how many gallons would you guys produce in a, like, say, in a, in a week? Yeah, uh, I was actually, it's the second ethanol plant that was ever built. It was oh. built by an engineer, Broin, is the one that designed the plant and everything. I got a chance to meet him and stuff. He was close in the building of it. Um, and it was only, at that time, an $8 million um, a year plant, which sounds small, but back then that was a big thing. So what do you They've mean, 8 done, million gallons or 8 million? Yeah, 8 million gallons of ethanol. Um, and then, that, yeah, that's how they rate those plants, Yeah, how big they are. Okay. This same plant since, because they were more, um, they were one of the most efficient ones that Bruin had built. So he, I always used the model of that plant to build future ones because wow. it was such a cost-effective things because... Uh, I was there when the government was still like, um, what do you call that? Subsidizing oh, because were... it actually cost more money than you could sell a gallon of ethanol for it. But they wanted it to go. So the government subsidized it, hoping that uh, innovation would happen. So didn't they pass a law for that ethanol to get mixed with gasoline? Yep. Yep. Um, and honestly, the rule on that law is we have to put 5% because when ethanol is done, it's 200% alcohol. Uh -huh. But it's illegal by the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms to sell. So we honestly put something in there. So if somebody tries to drink it, it's now toxic. Oh. Um, and that really is the only reason that we have to mix. They actually miss uh, head gas. That's what it's called. So when we're done with the 200 proof alcohol, we seriously would just put 5% of something that if you drink it, you're going to know you drank it instead of getting, you know, intoxicated. <laughs> you're going to get pretty sick. Uh, yep. Yep. No, you would. Yeah. And it was only the habit uh, because, yeah, there was regulation. You can't sell Did that. Did you have a lot of people in that town that would kind of look for yep. that 200 proof? <laughs> yeah. People were always sneaking in there saying, we're going to get a jug of that. <laughs> yeah. And we'd be like, no, sorry, can't do it. He, uh, this company called the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms will come in and shut, shut it down. It. Yep, yep. Yep. And that really was the purpose of it. It was kind of an interesting process to see it from front to end. It so, was cool. And I was in there so early, I got to see that. But, yeah, that kind of just paid my way through college and did, changed my how life. How did it change? Now, is ethanol's profitable now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So um, what, what did they change in, in their uh, way of the uh, manufacturing the product? Yeah, they're, uh, they used to make steam. Okay, so you had to have a boiler to steam things, to heat things up because of the correct temperature to separate water and alcohol. Sure. Well, you know, you got to pay natural gas or whatever supplying that yeah. boiler to create that steam. You're paying more for the gas that it's taking for that gallon of gas. They then switched the process to a chemical conversion. Oh, wow. And that was kind of key for ethanol. Anything they could back off on the gas to, because most of the expense in that ethanol process, other than the big buildings and tanks and everything, was the steam that it took to feed that. So it was boiler. the gasoline that it took to, or the, or the, uh, yeah, yeah, the energy it took to produce what it was, you know. Yeah, so you're in making, the beginning, you're you were gasoline. using more, <laughs> you were using more gas than you were producing. But wow. um, they stood behind it because you know it's it's something first that we have in the heartland of the U USA that off you know get our requirements from 
foreign oil to go down, but it's also better for the environment, burns clean. I mean, um, it's pretty, pretty corrosive too, isn't it? Well, they say to gaskets and stuff like that, you know, on the inside, they well, say it dries out like seals and yeah, stuff and, like that. And but also in the, in the inside for like but, rings and bearings, I mean, it's dry, so it's really dry. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but what's worse, the corrosion of the gaskets or the gas power that's corrosing the ozone layer? I mean, um, so, and as time has gone and people are more E85 vehicles are coming aboard, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, they've kind of redesigned it to handle it a little bit. Um, really can't redesign the ozone to, you know, so either way, I think the, uh, ethanol is the better source and like everything threw a couple of curveballs and they corrected them. Um, yeah. Every time I have the choice, I go, so I did, go corn. So did they have train cars or did you load trucks when you put the fuel? So they have train yep, cars? Uh, both. Uh, we would load the byproduct, which would be the grain and everything. We put them, primarily the grain went locally, but we would lo load that, I guess, on um, train cars. Um, but the, what we outputted, the actual ethanol itself would get loaded onto train cars. We do... Uh, I loaded probably six of those things a day. You know, we just <laughs> six of them big tankers. Yeah, yeah. We oh, just yeah. Uh, we had a little. Uh, we had to do a um, a no, conversion thing to figure out how many gallons we could put in it, and then we just had a meter that turned it on, and it probably took about hour. Uh, hour so and a half a program for something like that then no, no no that is where my love of programming really took its next level though okay um these ethanol plants they have a control room and they have uh, they're called pneumatic valves okay okay so it's, you're sitting behind a computer screen you click a button and now that valve out in the plant would actually move a little bit sure i was kind of intrigued by it so they sent me to yokogawa in um atlanta it's right outside of atlanta georgia wow. to learn how to program them so they could have somebody on site that could mess with these things right away because when they malfunction and stuff they wanted somebody there so they didn't have to fly somebody in from atlanta it was so Makes expensive sense. so they spent me there for training because they saw it actually at that part i had already started school and i was doing his night classes and on the you know whatever i could do just to see if this is what i wanted to do and when they sent me to that yokogawa thing is why i really Said, some programming. Yeah, yeah I, I like that cool. scripting stuff, man. That, nice. That's nice. So now um, you said they, they use a different type of product now that you can actually put in the eth or not in the ethanol, but to make yep. the ethanol. And what um, is that? I mean, it's not See, like that evolved after I had left the industry. Okay. I really only know that from people that I'm still friends with that do it. And also uh, the articles about it. Plus, uh, because I got to meet them and everything, I've always kind of followed what the brain industry has done. Okay. Because uh, in the ethanol industry and really just kind of him what I've gathered is he's kind of innovative and he likes to come up with a different way of doing things. Okay. And he, he has blogs and everything out there and followed really? by a lot of people. He's, he's a nice guy to follow for just like... Um, just updates on different things that are going on. Just different things because he... He generally, like we're doing a little bit. Yeah, kind of, kind of like this podcast. He just, <laughs> whatever avenue it is, he just wants to make it a little better and, you know, whatever knowledge and whatever thinks outside the box. Yeah, yeah. So um, now, as far as the ethanol, is that all they mix it in? Is is like gasoline, or is there other um, things that they mix that ethanol into that um, they used it for? Um, you know, you're saying that uh, that the byproduct of it they fed to cattle, right? Yep. And they also had. Um, you know, the uh, syrup that come off of it. Yep. Now, after they went into that whole 
uh, new process. Did they still have syrup that was left? Yeah, yeah. Um, not the are, are the, you, the main byproducts. You had the two, and the other one is really just the leftover wastewater that they can't do anything with that they have to chemically treat and then pass along. But the syrup, um, no, I believe its only use really is to go back for livestock purposes. Okay. Um, when I said they had a wet distiller's grain, mm -hmm. the difference between the wet and the dry distiller's grain is the wet grain, they leave the syrup in it. In the dry grain, they spin the syrup out of it. So they still both have, in the wet grain, you're getting like both of them in one mixture. Okay. And, but some people don't want it and they want the dry stuff plus the shipping of wet grain. If you're going to go a long distance, it's going to mold, you know, because all the moisture oh. in it. But if you spin that syrup out of there, that dry grain, we can ship to California pretty easily. It's not going to spoil, stuff like that, you know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those were the byproducts, distiller's grain. There's dry, wet, and then... So, again, to answer my question was that did they mix the ethanol in any other type? Oh, yeah. That, uh, not that I know of. Oh. Uh, gasoline, I think, is about its only purchase. Perfect. I mean, but I did every once in a while use that stuff in a little spray bottle for a cleaner. Oh. Works great. Well, I bet. I mean, I don't think... Oh, I take that back. They have... Uh, it's here in Minnesota. They have... If you look up Shakers Vodka... That is made at an ethanol plant here in Minnesota. Shakers Vodka. Is it 200 proof? Like no, they they in the distilling processing process. I think they get it to about 80 proof. But it, yep, oh. look it up. Shakers Vodka. Wow. Here in Minnesota. Well, we got all kinds of ways. You know, we went from equipment to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, but that would be another byproduct. Then it, yeah. you have to take uh, one more level of for the food and drug. You know, you got to be certified. Got to be cleaner. Yep. And it's got to be basically so it's like a serving type thing. So they're yep. going to have to make sure that everything is made with like a stainless or or something of that nature for cleaning purposes and so yep. on and so forth. I suppose. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it being alcohol, I mean, it's a cleaner anyways, right? Right. Right. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. That was. That All was right. really cool, yeah. Well, um, well, thank you for that talk. It was, uh, you know, it's great having you over here, Russell. Yeah. And, you know, and we really do uh, appreciate the fact that you know we're we're just gonna we're gonna actually have some more talks about different types of fuels. Yeah, alternative fuels will make a total difference as far as in the industry. We're gonna talk again about uh, some of the uh, differences between electric and alternative fuels that'll that'll give a people it'll give everybody a better understanding. And I know our government, you know, sometimes they look at the fact that you know that we have alternative fuels. But which ones are the best for our, our you know, right. environment, right? Well, and like, and you, like you were kind of saying to me off of this was, you know, each one of them has a purpose, you know, that some, just because electric isn't the right thing for your application, it doesn't mean one of the others, you know? Um, a lot of people never realize that, you know, that these electric forklifts have been around for 20 right. years. I didn't think of it till you told me that. Those battery packs that are on there and all those batteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think that could be reused in another application, but sure. those seem to stick along a lot longer than your normal ones. It's like you try to kill those things and they just keep kicking. Well, you know, they're inside of buildings, right? Right. And, and that's where, and that's again, equipment. Yep. And, you know, we see that. But now if we took a, a gas powered, so it would be either propane, right? right? Put a propane uh, tank on, it's cleaner, but it's still, it's a little, you know, it's, it's, it's a little dirtier because it has the gases coming off of it. Yeah. So you're going to get some kind of, you know, carbon, um, 
footprint from it. Yep. So that's why they take in different it's, places. But. It's kind of funny you say that though. This ethanol plant I was at, we had a propane tank lift or a forklift. <laughs> we we had to replace the tanks on it every once in a while because when I first started as a loader, we had to do, we ran all the equipment that was around and then on, and we had to do maintenance to it. And yeah, each one was different. But with the propane one, we have to switch out the things. With the electric one, we always had to make sure that we're you know making sure we blowing the grain and stuff off the battery packs. Right? Yeah, you wanted to make sure the connections were solid and stuff like that. But now that you said that, yeah, we had a propane. So you'd think they could do even a little bit more propane. Um, I'm not sure the process of making propane, how much it's really, you know, well, good, it's a good for the environment. But well, it's a byproduct that they usually have, a, you know, in big burn burners if you are oh, yeah. in these refineries. Yep. Yep. They're burning yep. off propane that's coming off. Oh, now. that's what it, Now oh. they're vacuuming the propane. Um, I actually, I'm going to have a guy come in that uh, he actually owns some land that his his great his aunt owned yeah. and cool. she willed it to him and it's out in the um i i it's like louisiana area or something like that nice. and they're actually they pull the propane out of the ground and i'm not sure about the whole process of it yeah but he actually owns that land or the and he leases it to these big companies that yeah. actually pull the propane out of it so yeah i don't know we'll, I'd, we'll, i'll be looking that propane up this week too i think i, yeah. don't, I don't know either we'll, we'll talk about that All right. but again uh, i want to thank you again russell for coming out here and um we'll have more talk about our equipment talk and alternative fuels because that's what runs them. So again, uh, we want to thank you for coming out here and we want to thank you viewers for watching us on this podcast. And this is Equipment Talk from IRA. Thank you.